Buenas tardes, Iglesia. Good afternoon. Actually, I think I'm on wireless here. Uh, my name is Jaime de Anda. I serve here in the LA ministry as our liaison with the churches in Mexico and Central America. And uh, on behalf of all the brothers and sisters there, I bring you a great thank you. Thanks not only for today, but for many, many years of spiritual and financial support. Uh, my wife and I had the privilege of uh, being part of the mission team that planted the church in Mexico City in 1987. So yeah, so next year, 2012, unless the world ends like some people think, We'll be celebrating our 25th anniversary of mission work in Latin America. I'm very proud of the LA Church for the past 10 years, well actually 11 years, uh, we have been supporting this work and uh, we are partners with 37 churches in 9 countries with a membership of over 7,800 disciples from Juarez to Panama City, from Tijuana to the beautiful island of Cuba. It is a wonderful work. And what I want to do today is I want to start out by sharing a few stories about the kinds of hearts that have allowed God to work in their lives and through their lives. Alma Tabora was a young lady who grew up in a city very close to Tegucigalpa, Honduras, the capital of that country. In the early 1980s, she went to Boston on a college study program, and while in Boston, she became a Christian. After she finished her course of study, she tried to stay, but because of her visa situation, she couldn't remain in the U.S. legally. And so in 1989, she returned to Honduras. Now, as Christians, we know that it's not easy to live the life of a disciple and to stay spiritually focused even when you're surrounded by other Christians. So imagine Alma's situation going back to her country where there was not a discipling church. As a matter of fact, there wouldn't be one for six years. So to borrow from a popular TV show, what would you do? Well, what Alma did was she stayed faithful. Now, we didn't have email or Facebook or Twitter in those days, and phone calls were very expensive, but she tried her best to stay in touch with the sisters in the Boston church for all those years. In 1995, the Mexico City church sent a mission team to Honduras. And of course, Alma was excited that finally a church was going to arrive in her country of Honduras. Unfortunately, the church was going to be planted in San Pedro Sula, which is about an eight-hour bus ride from Tegucigalpa. What would you do? Well, what Alma did was she got her supervisor at work 
to let her get off work early on Fridays. And so every week, she would make the eight-hour bus trip to San Pedro, spend the weekend there, worship with the church, get spiritual discipling, and then on Sunday after church, she would ride the bus back eight hours to Tegucigalpa where she worked. Every week for five years. Let's see if we can get this to work. Finally, in the year 2000, the San Pedro Church had grown enough to be able to put together a mission team and send it to Tegucigalpa. So once more, Alma was more than ready. Since that day, Alma's sister, Alma's two nieces, and several co-workers have been baptized. Now, as I said before, Alma is actually not from the city of Tegucigalpa. She actually is from a city called Comayagua, about 82 kilometers from Tegucigalpa. That is actually where she lives and where she works. Now, because of her faith, there are now 22 disciples in Comayagua. Once a month, they all pile into a bus and they ride to Tegucigalpa to worship with the church there. The other three Sundays of the month, they rent a meeting hall in their city and they have their services locally. In 2012, that group will become officially the Comayagua Church of Christ, our third church in the country of Honduras. I am inspired by people like Alma. I hadn't seen her in many years. Last year, finally, at the Central American Conference, I got to see her. And here she is with Javier and Kelly Amaya, who help us oversee the work in Central America. That's Alma there in the center. Enrique Burgos came from Bolivia. He came to Mexico to study medicine in Guadalajara. And when he finished medical school, he relocated to Mexico City. In 1988, he was met by some disciples of the recently planted church in Mexico City, and he was baptized. In 1990, Enrique, or we called him Henry, he joined my family and myself and several other disciples to go back to the city of Guadalajara where he had gotten his medical degree to plant the church there. He helped us to build a strong foundation. Here he is back then with a guy that you might be familiar with. <laughs> However, 10 months into the mission, he got word from Bolivia that his mother had some health problems. So he had to go back and help her. <clears throat> Unfortunately, when he tried to get back to Mexico, he realized that because of visa problems, he could not get back. He tried, he was able to do one trip, things didn't work out, and so by 1992, Henry had resigned himself to staying in Bolivia. At that time, there was not a discipling church in Bolivia. As a matter of fact, 
there would not be a discipling church in Bolivia for another five years. What would you do? In 1996, the Mexico City Church sent a mission team to plant a church in the capital city of La Paz, Bolivia. A short time later, the church leaders received a message from the city of Santa Cruz, which is on the Amazon side of the country of Bolivia. The message was from Henry. Since he had not been able to return to Mexico, he had just focused on the one thing he knew how to do, share his faith. And as a result, there was now in the city of Santa Cruz a group of over 20 disciples converted by Henry and eagerly desiring to connect with the rest of the fellowship and to be discipled into maturity. So the church in La Paz sent a ministry couple to Santa Cruz. They met with each member of that group. They made sure the conversions were true and that their doctrine was sound. And sure enough, now we have a church in Santa Cruz, not planted by a mission team, not the result of a mission contribution, but the power of the Holy Spirit acting through the faith and the heart of one man. And we now have in Santa Cruz a church of over 70 disciples. Here is your brother Henry. He is the second one from the right with a group of people that he helped to become Christians. Today, you are a part of this story. Year after year, the L.A. Church has sacrificed to make possible the spread of the gospel in Latin America. And we are grateful for you. It is a privilege for me to work in this capacity, helping administer the finances, helping make sure that it gets to the right places, helping make sure that the brothers and sisters down there are equipped to continue the work. I work together with other great men and women, Peter and Laura Garcia, Javier and Kelly Amaya, Robert and Michelle Carrillo from San Diego. Uh, we have many people involved in this work. And let me tell you, there are countless stories like the ones I have just shared. But then there are also other stories. And I've changed the names on some of these. Stories of sisters like Betty in Guadalajara, who was beaten by her parents when she decided to become a disciple of Jesus and thus forsake her family's religion. Stories of young boys like Sergio, who witnessed his parents being murdered by a gang in Honduras. Stories of families trapped on rooftops after severe floods in Villahermosa and Veracruz, Mexico. Every day, in many cities of Mexico, your brothers and sisters go out and share their faith and meet for fellowship in the midst of a wave of violence like the country has never seen in its history. What would you do? How do you face danger and tragedy 
and still continue to do the Lord's work. Now, I think for many of us, it's hard to relate. We, we think, well, maybe we're so fortunate here because we haven't had to face those kind of challenges. But what I've come to realize is that, you know, we are not that fortunate. We also face numerous challenges in our lives. They may be more subtle. The battlefield may look different, but it's still the same war. This war is described in Ephesians 6.12 as a war not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You and I are engaged in a cosmic conflict. Now, you are either a warrior for God, or you are a captive, or perhaps a pawn of the enemy. So today, my message is very simple. It's titled, A Mighty Warrior. I want us all to walk away from here today believing that we are mighty warriors. And to encourage us, let's go and study a little bit about one of the great warriors in the Bible, Gideon. We're going to go to Judges chapter 6, verses 11 to 16. If you have your Bible with you, that'd be great. If not, maybe you can sit next to someone and read along. In Judges chapter 6, verses 11 to 16, it says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all His wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hands of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites together. Now, we may not be familiar with what's happening here in history, but from the context, you can glean a few things, right? And the issue here is, the Israelites were not in a good place. They were being oppressed by a foreign nation. Now, how they ended up in there is a topic for another sermon, another lesson. 
But let's just focus today on this interaction between Gideon and the angel of the Lord, okay? So the angel comes in and he greets Gideon with this, the Lord is with you greeting. How does Gideon respond? What? God is with us? Hello? Look at where we're at. Where are all those miracles they told us about? What on earth is God doing these days? That He doesn't come and help us. You know, you've got to be honest, and I'm going to ask you to be honest with yourself. I know that you've been there too. I know that we all have come through times when day in, day out, you strive to do what is right, and you can't seem to get a moment's rest from troubles or criticism or your friends at school kind of like dissing you, whatever it is. And sometimes I think we all feel like Gideon. You know, what about all these miracles the Bible talks about? How come we don't see them in my life. Well, there is a great topic in studying the Bible, and it is the topic of pain and suffering. I would love to share with you my perspective on that, but maybe I'll have to come up some other time and share that with you, because that's another sermon for another day. Today, I want us to look again at the message of this angel. Because I believe this message was not just for Gideon. It is in the Scriptures for all of us. The message was God had not abandoned Gideon. God had not abandoned the Israelites. God has not abandoned you. Listen to that greeting. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, Gideon looked at the circumstances of his nation and had to wrestle with the thought that, you know, God was with them. He also looked at his own life. He was the youngest member of the weakest clan in Israel. And here is this angel telling him, He's a mighty warrior. I think Gideon had a hard time believing that. But he was a mighty warrior. The angel told him, just go in the strength you have. You see, do we forget who we're talking about here? Just stop for a second. Who is saying this? This is the God who out of nothing created the whole universe. This is the God who made His people walk amongst two walls of water of the Red Sea. This is the God who demolished the walls of Jericho. This is the God who raised our Lord Jesus from the dead. See, Gideon was not a mighty warrior 
because of his virtue, or because of his talent, or because of his accomplishments. You are not a mighty warrior because you have done all these awesome deeds that can be shared about on disciples today and all that kind of stuff. It may be that nobody will ever share at any public gathering about anything you did in your life. You're not a mighty warrior because of your accomplishments. You're a mighty warrior because God said so. Today, you too can have the faith that you are a mighty spiritual warrior. Now, some of us might think, well, that means that I'm invincible. Right? I can take anything from anyone. And I can. No, it, it's not about that. It's not about, you know, self-promotion and that kind of stuff. Uh, Roberto and Sonia Arroyo lead the church in Monterrey, Mexico. Yes, this is one of those very dangerous cities in Mexico that I mentioned a little while ago. A few years ago, they reached out to our uh, group in Orange County, and particularly to Kevin and Mary Mains, who lead Orange County, because they realized, you know, in the midst of all this that's happening, we need to get our kids ready. We need to personally be better parents, and we need to learn how to build an effective youth ministry. So they sought help. They invited many members of the Orange County group to come down to Monterey and spend a week there for about three years, including our teen ministry leaders, to go and do workshops and training and lessons and help them build that ministry. But they also wanted help in their personal lives. Their, older, their oldest daughter, Andrea, was approaching the age of decision. And Roberto and Sonia wanted her to be able to become a disciple and be strong. I mean, we, we as parents, what we want the most for our kids is that they will become Christians and do not just well, but great. They even arranged for Andrea to come up and be at the L.A. Church's teen camp. This past month of March, Andrea Arroyo was baptized. It's one of those that I always see them and embarrass them by telling them, I know you since you were like this, yay big. You know, I embarrass a lot of young people that way. You know, okay, like every other disciple, Andrea will face challenges to her faith. That's given. She'll probably make mistakes, and she'll probably have moments of doubt. Now, being a baptized disciple doesn't mean you'll have an easier time. But let me tell you what Andrea has. She has a fighting chance. Because, like Alma, the sister from Honduras, like Henry, the brother from Bolivia, like Gideon from the clan of Abiezer, Andrea is a mighty warrior. 
This is something decreed by the Word of God. If you want to hear more of these stories, you can always go to our blog, themissiondiaries.com. But today I want to close out with a very simple message for all of you who are here. As you bring forth this offering to God, this generous contribution that's going to help spread the gospel to so many nations, just let me encourage you with a few words. And please, don't take these as my words, but as the words of God. I'll start with this side over here. I have a message for you. Message is, the Lord is with you, mighty warriors. I have a message for this side over here. see a lot of beautiful people sitting on this side here. Well, I can't see them because this light is in my face right now. But I have a message for you. The Lord is with you, mighty warriors. And I have a message for this group in the middle here. The message is, the Lord is with you, mighty warriors. Brothers and sisters, God is sending us to fight an all-out global spiritual war against hatred, a war against depravity, a war against injustice, a war against despair, a war against the forces that are tearing apart the souls of people all over the world. Don't give up. Don't think, I cannot do this. Just go in the strength you have. Fight the battle. And remember, the Lord is with you. Mighty warriors. Thank you very much.